0: It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley.
1: I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to another episode of our best kept secret show where I am happy to welcome Will Dukes, CEO of Sales Partners Florida. Sales Partners focuses on the strategic alignment of the branding, marketing, and sales processes for small businesses. Will is based in Orlando, Florida. He also has an office in Coral Gables, which is in greater Miami. Welcome to the show, Will. Thank you, Jay, very much for having me. Uh, One of my joys in life is speaking to lots of owners of small businesses. And one of the things that I have noticed when I talk to them about revenue generation is, we'll talk about branding, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client acquisition, of course, client retention. And in that conversation, they are very clear and distinct buckets that somewhat stand alone from each other. And yet, right after we go through that, they will tell me that their marketing and sales, their client acquisition is not at the levels that they want it to be. And in particular, so many have such pride in the quality of the service that they provide to their clients, they get frustrated that they're not attracting more of them to use their service. And I know, Will, you have a lot of experience in working with uh, small the small business market. Yep, Tell me what you think they're doing wrong. The simplest answer
2: to, to that is just what you said. They're, they're looking at those four different things as distinct parts of their business, distinct functions. Maybe they even have distinct uh, departments or, or maybe it's marketing and sales. And the problem is that revenue generation, client acquisition, it's all one process. It is it is all the same process. Yeah, there are distinct parts, but we have to look at it one thing. And so the simplest analogy that probably everybody could get off the, the bat was, you know, think about your car. You know, your car. You have an engine. You have a drivetrain. You have a suspension. You have uh, tires, right? And all of those are distinct parts. But if they are not working in concert, you're not really going anywhere. And that's what happens a lot of times in, in businesses. You see these guys that come in and they're investing heavily in marketing because they're getting you know pitched all these different ideas and there's ten thousand different ways to to increase kind of leads into your business. And so they'll dump a money lot into, to, you know, SEO or print advertising or Google ads, whatever it is. And it's like they're, they're souping up their engine, but then they never tune the transmission or work on the suspension. And so all that power never gets transferred to the road. They, they end up getting really frustrated because of that. And it's just because there's a, a lack of a strategic view of all these things as one component leading to the other and kind
1: of working together in a cycle. You know, I I love that car analogy. I mean, you don't hear people bragging about their drivetrain or, you know, bragging about, you know, my transmission is just so amazing. They talk about the car and how the car performs. And yet in business, when we think about our client acquisition, where we make these very distinct differences between all the different components and we don't spend hardly enough, nearly enough time figuring out how they really need to come together so that yeah. we can achieve our objectives. So given the nature of the problem, Will, what is it that a small business owner needs to do? How, they, how do they need to change their thinking in order to get this right? The easy
2: answer to, uh, to that, and, and, and maybe I should say simple answer to that, uh, because it's not always easy. But the simple answer to that is when it comes to looking for new clients, you have to think about things in terms of a campaign so what am i trying to sell and who am i trying to to sell it to becomes that fundamental question and and i grew up on a farm and so i relate everything back to that and we can talk about that maybe a little bit later but when we were growing up on the farm it was all right we're not just going to go out and just plant you know whatever we have in this bag of seed it's like all right you know it's summertime it's time to grow watermelons we're going to grow watermelons and we're going to grow them here and there's that intentionality to it and there's the practices that, that go into uh, to cultivating that crop. And so I, I work with like a lot of attorneys, for example, and they may have you know multiple different practice areas or even within one practice area, there's certain different legal services and they're just trying to spend money broadly advertising, broadly branding, uh, and then training their their intake and, and maybe their attorneys or other staff that are involved in that sales and conversion process. And they're all doing those things independently. It's like, no, we need a campaign that is specifically focused on simplified divorces or uh, one of my clients right now is in the process of developing one for uh, post-judgment modification of time sharing. So after the divorce, a uh, divorced dad changed the schedule and now he wants to get uh, more time sharing with his kids because he did what the the court said he needed to do. Well, that's a very different situation that he's in from uh, a, a mom that is trying to change the the divorce settlement around child support because situations change she's in a very different situation and yet a lot of times they're they're thinking about just all right we need to to get more post-modification change uh cases to, to come into the firm and and that's the the wrong mentality because you we've we've had these these conversations before we're just chatting before we got started here the the emotion is always the the leading driver that's then justified rationally and so we have to have that branding message that's resonating with them, then we have to have the marketing, the right offer that is speaking to that pain. And then we have to have the right sales and conversion processes. And people need to to understand that particular pain. And whether I I work primarily with service businesses, but it's true in products as well. If you aren't creating messaging that is specific to those different ideal client profiles or avatars or, or whatever you want to call them, it's just it's part of the noise. And there I read a book the other day that said there's 60,000 or no, excuse me, 60 billion messages go out or posts go out on all the various social media channels in the world every day. And if you're not cutting through the noise with all this, you're just part of the noise. And unfortunately, really generic uh, advertising, marketing, things that are focused on the business and and what they're trying to get out of it don't cut through all that noise so the the simplest answer is focus on what you're selling and who you're selling it to and develop a campaign that is targeted directly to that
1: so well i heard you say a couple of things that i just want to shine a spotlight on and maybe you can just add another comment or two the first is acting with intention rather than acting randomly and it's that intentionality that i think a lot of people don't fully grasp it's just like What's the shiny new object? Let me run over to that. Then I'll run over to something different. And what it lacks is intention. Now, I don't think you can get intentionality right unless you run everything in reverse. You really got to start with what your objective is. What are you trying to achieve? What are the metrics that are going to tell you whether you're on track or off track? And then work backwards to all the things you need to do in order to make that happen create a set of, if you will, preliminary metrics that measure those so yep. that you end up creating this entire chain of things that have to happen, that's all intentional, that's all linked, and you measure each different activity across that chain to understand what's working, what's not working, and what do you need to fix? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you go back to that that you know great book from the, the 90s highlighting, Habits. So seven habits highly effective people, right? Stephen Covey, and that was one of the the first habits he talks about. Begin with the end in mind, and and that's true of a lot of different types of of, of planning. But I, 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 you know, go back to to that example. You know, we would start the the beginning of the year and say, all right, we're, you know, we're going to grow watermelons. How many watermelons do we want to grow? Well, we kind of have rough estimates, and nothing is ever for certain. But we know that on general, if we plant this many watermelon seedlings out in the field that we should get one to two watermelons off of each plant and then we have kind of that historical data and we say all right if we need to plant that many we know the spacing that has to go in there what are the cultural practices how much room do we need and you work backwards from that and then you lay out the, the the plot you prepare the soil appropriately and and then you go and execute the rest of that whole cultivation process to get to that end and it's very much the same way in those campaigns and so and you know Exactly that process, I, I work with folks and say uh, another attorney is a, a tax attorney, and we were just going through this process of saying, all right, are we focusing on um, collections defense or are we going to focus on audit defense? All right, collections defense, how much are those cases worth? Is it aligned with the goal of what we are trying to achieve overall in the year? All right, how many of those cases do we need? How much capacity do you have? If you took on 15 of those new cases in one month, are, are you going to be able to, to handle all that work? And then kind of working from there and getting a clear picture, now we can go back and say, all right, what's your conversion rate once you get people into a consultation? All right. How many leads do you get need to get those consultations? All right. How much advertising do we need to, to put out or how many people in front of or How many times do we need to deliver this message, depending on the channel, uh, to, to be able to generate those leads? and We start with kind of that baseline data, and sometimes it's just kind of rough estimates, but uh, hopefully there's some historical data to base that on. And then we work on tweaking and improving all of those things. And so if we can do that and and create that one campaign, it's not that we're saying we're going to exclude everything else. Obviously, anything else that's coming to the business, we're going to take that. But we're going to build this one campaign, and then we're going to have a pretty set process. And then we can have it running, and then we go build another one. And then we can focus our efforts on, on generating that. And so that's the, that's kind of the, the, the process in planning it backwards and then executing it forwards.
1: That's a very nice segue as we talk about process and metrics. And, and you very briefly touched on this uh, a little while ago. Let, let's talk about benefits. And there are really two categories of benefits. Let me start with the benefits to the decision maker. So here I am, I'm a small business owner. I'm listening to what you have to say. I'm guilty as charged. Uh, what you're telling me that I need to do instead makes a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, I am running a business. So yeah. give me a sense at, you know, first my, you know, from my perspective, how is this going to impact me uh, as the owner?
2: There's two, two big benefits that I, I can think of um, that what my clients have told me, right? So becoming in the, in the, Coming into it, what generally led them there, uh, whether it was a referral or through, through something else, is they had this just immense feeling like they know they needed to be investing in their marketing and sales processes. Like everybody's out there doing it. They see other people in their industry doing certain things, but then they have this finite budget or they are currently doing it and they're, not, they're just not happy with the results. And so and and they don't. And the the problem is not so much that they're not happy with the results is that they don't know why, because if they knew why, then then they would fix it. And so the the first benefit comes in the in the form of once you have a, a system laid out and you're thinking about things in terms of a campaign, well, then we can measure those results fairly objectively and and go in to, to focus. And it becomes clear where you need to put extra effort in, maybe bring in an outside resource or get some additional training or you know, hire the right uh, marketing tactician that can go in and do a, a certain process to improve that. And so just that sense of clarity in, in knowing, all right, this is what I need to do to be able to to move forward. That's that's one kind of a, a just a huge relief. Then the, the second benefit is, I'm going to go back to my, my, my lawyer clients just to illustrate this. You know, a lot of people have have complained for, for years about how their lawyers speak legalese, right? And, you know, they don't understand what the heck they're saying. And it's just like, yeah, get it done. And then they just have to trust that the, the lawyer is going to do what they're doing. And you try to explain this to lawyers and, you know, they have all these different um, kind of uh, answers to that. But then I, I go back to my clients like, oh, you know your 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 marketing guy over here, or the the SEO guy, or the digital market. You know how they deliver you all these reports, and they like, have all these graphs and charts, and they're talking about this click through, and they converted here, and da, da, da. and they're like, yeah, it's it's it's. Crazy. I had no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what your clients are saying to you when uh, they say you're speaking legalese. Getting folks to to be able to understand. What is actually happening? Because marketing has become very sophisticated. And even in the, the sales processes, there's always a, a different book or a process. Try this or you need to be doing SEO or you need to be doing these, these different ads. And it can become very, very overwhelming. And when you see your competitors or, or just maybe your industry peers and other things, you know, they're doing this. And then you're, well, will that work for me? How will I even do this? How will I do it? And it, it comes back to what is your goal? And if you have a campaign strategy for achieving those goals or those segments, you know this product to this target market, and then we're going to build on that. Again, it comes back to, to clarity, but it also gives folks the confidence that you know, they don't have to know how to design their website or necessarily set up the, the, you know, the backend, Facebook, Pixel, all that technical stuff. But if they have a strategic understanding of what needs to happen, in order, now they can know when somebody says this, all right, I can see how that would fit into our strategy. And not just, oh, this has worked for somebody else. Maybe I need to try it and see if it'll work for me.
1: I think confidence is necessary in order to be proactive and have a sense of control over where you're taking your business. When you're wracked with uncertainty, you become paralyzed. Yep. And <clears throat> being paralyzed is not on the path to success so that I think is a pretty compelling story for the business owner but the other thing that you're going to hear a business owner say is that we're all well and good but I am running a business yeah I I want hard metrics so if you think about revenues costs risks assets uh, what quantifiable things have you found when people make this transition in the way they're looking and going to more of a campaign? View of the world. What 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 results for their business are they able to achieve?
2: Well, it kind of varies depending on the the, the business, but you know some of the ones that I, I I point to regularly, like we've had gym owners that by focusing on this campaign and getting a, a higher quality of lead coming into the to the, the gym and then tweaking their sales processes according to that, you know, they were able to see a fifty percent increase in their conversion ratios to long term subscribing clients and that was took about six weeks just to, to to get that up to to that level so you know that was very ecstatic about that um, sometimes it's coming down to strategic goals so um <laughs> I had a a dog trainer as a as a client one time and she was trying to transition from you know just kind of being out going to 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 people's homes she had a team but you know they didn't really have a, a home base and she wanted to get a brick and mortar location but she needed to raise all the capital and nobody wanted to give her a loan for that. And she had some very high level, uh, high profile clientele. And so I'm like, look, we're, we're going to build a campaign directed at that high level clientele, and we're going to sell $10,000 dog training packages. And they're going to pay up front and that's going to, to give you the cash that you need. And you know, she kind of like shook her head. Dah, dah, dah. But I, I, just knowing her, her clientele and what they had already spent with her and how much they loved her, I knew it was possible, and she she did that, and it was just in a matter of months. Now she has a a, a multi million dollar dog training business that you know really kind of leapt forth or kind of hit that J curve after she had that that foundation. And then you know other service professionals. I have a uh, a tutoring company that I, the when the when I originally met the founder, he was all over the place and and kind of uh, you know tutoring in these different things and and just kind of taking referrals and like look, we need to really promote this one uh, this one function, this you know, SAT math preparation that you do. And let's build the, the, the course around that. And let's really focus on marketing that. And you can still do some other things and with the clients that you have. And he's been able to, to triple his own one-on-one rate. And so now he charges like $250 an hour as a math tutor. And, and it's largely because, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of time to, to do that because the SAT math has become so much more uh, successful. And, uh, and and he really just has a, an upward trajectory, is, is hiring TAs from his own students now. And so it's like this really awesome growth story by being able to just narrowly focus on promoting one thing to one group of people, and then being able to, to
1: replicate and grow off of that in whatever way is, is necessary. Well, that, that is some pretty compelling three examples of how getting more focused, thinking about it as a campaign, Integrating these elements, which used to be viewed quite separately and disparate together can really move the needle. I'm guessing that some of our listeners are sitting here saying, okay, so, well, what is it that I need to do in order to make this happen? What are you going to tell them?
2: Just kind of building off what we said before, you know, the first thing is, is pick that goal, like go look back at your numbers, see what is the biggest opportunity for you in, uh, in the next quarter right so what's going to be the 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 hot thing if you have seasonality in your business or if you don't have seasonality just what would be the thing that you want to to focus on selling in about three months and then start working backwards from that and I because I grew up on the, the farm I lay everything out in that process so the first part is planning so you've got to plan what am I going to sell who am I going to sell it to and when and then the next step forward is all right prepare the soil how do you build trust and credibility with that target market, so that could come through content marketing. It could come through a, a couple of different various channels in ways that are doing. It. Networking could be one, for example. But however you build that familiarity, trust, and credibility in the the market, so then you plant a seed, and that seed is usually some initial offer of of value. So for you know, like my uh, contractors and kind of trade services, you know, it's often that a uh, free estimate for some more knowledge-based workers like my attorneys. Maybe we build uh, something that's kind of like a, a lead magnet people would call, like it uh, could be a little online course or just an ebook, something to, to that effect. Or it could be that initial free case evaluation. But they're focused on offering that and promoting that to get people in. And then you have to think about what are we going to do at that point? This is my biggest problem with like SEO, for example. People promote SEO, get people traffic to your website. Well, what's going to happen after that? You know, are they actually submitting their email address? Are you following up? So, what is that that path? Are you are you nurturing those opportunities? Are you protecting them by differentiating from the competition, uh, just from the status quo? And depending on the the industry, that can be a, a long kind of sales cycle, um, or it could be very short. But no matter what it is, you need to have those steps to continue adding value to to build, continue building trust and credibility, and to, to really speak. To the people's problems that you're trying to serve. And then eventually, you know, all that work out in the, the, the fields would be pointless if we didn't go in and actually harvest at the end. And so you need to have a strong sales process or you know, scripting that, that comes to that. And again, can be it's not like you need to create a, a unique one for every situation, but build in some opportunity to be able to, to tweak and to train folks to recognize. The, these are the people that we're trying to serve with this particular product or service, and this is their pain. And then once you have that, delivery and, and customer service, and you know, that does kind of become a different thing. But everything sells at the end of the day. But you need to know that point where you can go back and now come to, to that client and, and ask them, how are we doing? You know, How would you rate us? Would you leave us a review or, or give us a testimonial? Would you refer us to, to other people? And so that becomes the propagation of this whole cycle where now it it is cutting down a lot of that trust and credibility because now that you need to to build with new folks, because you have those folks referring you in or giving those testimonials that are are speeding up that process in the next go round. So get real clear on on what you're trying to accomplish and then
1: build out the steps for for each, each step along the way. Well, I love it. You have challenged the way I think so many of us look at this. You've given us a roadmap for how we can move forward. We are going to take a very short break. And when we come back, well, we're gonna learn a little bit about you and perhaps you'll tell us a little bit more about the farmer side and how that has influenced what it is that you de- do today. Be right back guys.
0: Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow-up, and spam decision-makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision-makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads. But it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things, leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more.
1: Welcome back. Now, let's find out a little bit more about Will. Will, let me start with asking you about the pain points that you solve for your clients and why is it that they need you to get rid of that pain?
2: I can be somewhat of a a hypocrite even in this too, because I talk about giving confidence and, and, and clarity around this. But the other reality is that the business owners are, are often overwhelmed. They've got 10,000 things going on. And so even though some people have been able to, to, to take this and they have the, the team and the ability to, to implement it off of you know, very short kind of interactions or, or engagements, a lot of times they, they like having the, the accountability, the outside perspective, uh, and, and really just the direction of being able to, uh, to say okay here's here's step one let's get clear on this no let's refine that let's make that uh, a little bit better now let's move to, uh, to step two and so having somebody coming along them uh, coming alongside them as a guide is really going to to, to help further that process uh, along and 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 ultimately like for my highest level clients one of the things that the, the pain points they like so much is they get all those pitches or they get people emailing or calling them and and they can just say like here talk to Will and I, I basically become like their their outsourced or fractional chief marketing officer and uh can kind of filter all those things out
1: for them so I don't have to tell you about intensity of competition I'm sure there are days it feels like there are billions of people that are offering to help uh business owners with their uh, sales and marketing issues so rather than talk about what you do, let me understand the key reason why people work for you or work with you, which is that you're great at what you do. So yep. what are the couple, three things that make you great?
2: Well, I, I'll really just boil it down to one. And, and that's my, you know, there's all these different kind of tests or things that you can, can take, but uh, I did one that was on identity once. And it pointed out that my, my kind of core identity was as an educator, and, and you know, that makes sense because I was a, a high school teacher. You know, I have the you know, multiple degrees in, in, in education, along with my MBA. And ultimately, I it's still how I, I approach things. And so I know that there are some people out there that don't want to go through a process. They don't care to to, to learn. They they, you know, they they really truly just want to uh, hand it off to somebody. Maybe find a, an agency of record and 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 not have to to touch any of that. And that's fine. But for people that want to, to, to learn and to, to build that confidence and have somebody that can break down all of these things in a way that they can understand. And that is very specific to to their business and not just, you know, some generic course that you find online. That's, that's what I do really well. And that's what uh, a lot of, a lot of my clients and just colleagues, um, kind of point out to, to me and I'm, I'm hesitant to accept that sometimes, but, uh, I think that that
1: it is there's a lot of there's a lot of truth in that so farmer teacher uh business executive consultant so you know and I encourage everybody go to Will's LinkedIn profile and you get a sense for what a varied and impactful career that he has but my question is as you look back from where you are today and you look at things that have happened in your personal life things that have happened in your professional life. What would you point to as the key reasons why you're doing Sales Partners of Florida?
2: Yeah, so it was, if you would ask me 20 years ago, like, would I be in this situation? I would have, I would have just laughed, right? I, I was, the plan was to, to go in and become a geneticist. I like, minored in molecular biology and, and kind of had that, but I went off and, and taught and, th- and there's different reasons behind that. I decided to teach for a few years before I, I came back and, and, pursued my PhD. And the program that I taught was one of these career development electives. And so I had to recruit students and because it, it was under the, the agriculture kind of umbrella, being in a suburban school down in Miami, where I taught, like there was a lot that I had to, to kind of fight against for that. And so I actually invested heavily in myself, in in marketing and sales training and and going off to, to to conferences to to learn these things that were going to be helpful and just growing my program i wasn't thinking about any of of you know the business consulting side but then after a while and and the success in that and grew the program uh, a lot i was the runner-up teacher of the year for all of dave county uh at one point i actually got recruited into uh, to one of those companies to uh, to come and, and do training for them and um Unfortunately, the company got started right before the the great financial crisis, and so even though I I came into it and launched it, it kind of started to, to unravel a little bit, and so everybody just kind of went their separate ways. But I was I was already out, and I was doing this, and I was building my my network um, down in, in Miami. I ended up becoming a, a training director for uh, BNI Miami-Dade. That was something that was very uh, effective for me, helping me to, to really learn principles around networking and, and building those strategic relationships the other thing that it always came back to is you know growing up on the farm small family business dealing with the the, the struggles and understanding the the things there and even you know my dad would would come to comment to me sometimes like he was really good at being a farmer he's really good at growing things but you know the the business side of of that you know was was maybe a limiting factor and so that was a, a driving thing. I didn't like people to 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 be in that situation and i and people the people that I usually work with they're they're not necessarily these entrepreneurs that, that you had this great idea and are going to try and start the the next Facebook or uber. They're usually people that were working in some type of service business and then just decided that they could do it better on their own and went out and all of a sudden realized. All right, I've I've got to do all these other things besides just being good at what I do, and and I was in that same boat. Like I was really good at being a teacher, I was really good at training and developing these things, but I wasted about fifty grand. Like cashed out my retirement from the the school system, you know, invested it into, into all these things and and promotional products over here, and let's do this and I, and and about two years in, like it was all done. So we got to figure out how to make this work. And and so I, I kept kind of doing the, the things that I've been trained on, but then one of my mentors at a at a conference, she made us do this activity and it's like, all right, go back into all your experience. I'm like, what do you really know? And I'm like, all right, I, I, I grew up as a a farmer and I'm I'm an educator. I, I have advanced degrees in teaching people how to grow things. And she's like, Can you apply that to to here and just be authentic with that? And the the more I looked at it, it was like, you know, this farming versus hunting mentality wasn't just Unique to to networking as a channel, it's all of business development. And when I started to put these pieces in place, it, it really just became obvious. And I could wax philosophic about all these analogies that come out of there. That was ultimately the the, you know, the kind of story and and what what drives me. I believe people should be free to to serve and be richly rewarded for for doing that and bringing value to the to the market. But they have to have the right tools and the right processes, the right frameworks to be able to make that happen. So. Those people that this can can work for—that's that's who I want to help do that.
1: You've challenged our thinking. You've challenged the way that we look at how we acquire clients. I personally found it very compelling. I'm sure we've got people who are listening who want to continue the discussion with you. What's the best way for them to get in touch?
2: So you alluded to uh, to it before. Look for me on on LinkedIn is probably the the, the best way. And they can kind of get a little background there. They'll see a little tractor in my, my name if they just look for Will Dukes. But then if they if they want to just reach out directly, they can email me, will D at SPFLA.com and uh, go to our website, salespartnersflorida.com. If they throw a backslash schedule on the back of that, there's a uh, there's a page there where they can book a time and they just have a question about their marketing and sales strategy as a
1: whole. I am I'm happy to jump on the phone and, and have a conversation with you. And I'll put all that contact information in the show notes, make it easy for all our listeners to reach out to you. Before we say goodbye, Will, while you have been incredibly enlightening and I think have have given us a new way to look at uh, client acquisition, I hate to say it, I just don't know if it's enough for the quality people that listen to this show. So I'm thinking, why don't you sweeten the pot just a little bit? And give them a gift as your way of saying, thanks for giving me your time. What, what can you do for them, Will?
2: One thing off the, the bat that I have is a, uh, a short course. It's less than an hour, but it, it really gets down to the just, just that base idea of what are you going to sell and who are you going to sell it to? But then how do you talk about that? So how do you introduce yourself at a networking event? If somebody asks you, so what do you do? Do you have an answer that's, that's tied to maybe that campaign that you're in right now? Or you go to one of these little networking events and you got 15 or 60 seconds. And it can really kind of show people how to to do that. but even more so for for your guests if they reach out to me and and say, hey I, I heard you on Jay's podcast and and would like to, to talk about that more they can go through the the course but then I, I offer all, also a, a little session where I'm kind of critiquing on that helping them to, to build that out a little further and, uh, and give them some of that guidance and I'd be happy to offer that to any of your listeners
1: as well uh, as a a complimentary addition. that's terrific. I encourage all of our listeners, send Will an email, tell him that you heard him on the Best Kept Secret Show and tell him you'll want that gift because I think there's just about everybody can benefit from that. Will, I wanna thank you so much for being a guest on the Best Kept Secret Show and to our audience, let's keep at it and crush it out there until next time, folks. Bye-bye.